All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A terrific Tuesday afternoon. Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. As always, live on Orders Nation YouTube at sports1440.ca and of course uh, any of the apps. Um, I know uh, many of you uh, keep getting them and downloading them and loving it. Of course, the uh, Stingray app, Radio Player, iHeart, uh, whichever one tickles your fancy. I don't care as long as you're listening to us. It's fantastic. Uh, we appreciate it. And man, what a game tonight. Uh, the Oilers take it on the Maple Leafs. The, uh, the Gregor Show, as always, is presented by our title sponsor, Play Alberta. Dot .ca where you can get in the game if you haven't already. And maybe if you're a newbie you want to try it. Use the uh, promo code SPORTS50 and you will get to your uh, free $50 wager courtesy of PlayAlberta.ca. You can always text us in our email text line 833-401-1440. 833-401-1440. As the uh, Edmonton orders... The Toronto Maple Leafs going at it tonight. Uh, you know the rink's going to be a little bit louder. There's going to be a little bit more juice in there tonight, which is always fun. You have uh, Oiler fans who uh, want to drown out the Leaf fans. Hey, give the Leaf fans credit. They travel well, although most of them are based here, and they just uh, put on the uh, blue and white for a game, which is great. You have uh, you know a few uh, few local guys playing for the Leafs. 
in, uh, in Noah Gregor. I talked to uh, Bobby McMahon today. He's pretty fired up. It's his first time playing uh, for the hometown team. Uh, we, he was telling me about his uh, his favorite memory as a fan, as a youngster at uh, at Rexall. He goes, hey, man, it's exciting to be at Rogers, but it's no Rexall place. <laughs> so uh, he is uh, fired up, of course, uh, his first time in Edmonton. We'll have uh, lots of family and friend, of course, the uh, pride of Wainwright, Alberta. So uh, he's got a uh, pretty big uh, cheering section coming tonight. Uh, his One of his sisters lives in, uh, in Short Park. Uh, he's got uh, two kids who are four and seven. So uh, Uncle Bobby, they're pretty fired up to see him. Uh, his other sister actually lives in uh, in uh, sh- in the Chicago area in Illinois, so uh, she's not here. But uh, you know, Grandma and Grandpa and Mom and Dad and and lots of buddies. So uh, it'll be a pretty r- raucous for them tonight. And of course, uh, Oilers fans, you're in a pretty good mood, I would think. The uh, Oilers winners of ten in a row. Looking to uh, make it 11, and uh, the Maple Leafs have kind of owned this series a little bit as of late. Even if just go the last two years, they've won three out of four, and the previous year they won six out of nine. So uh, nine of the last 13 have gone to the blue and white, but they haven't faced an order team that's been this consistent defensively than they have played lately right now. And that's order's got to continue that tonight. Uh, you know, well, we'll hear from Darnell Nurse later on. He just talked about. How, you know what, it's not that it's easy to play defense, but they've clearly bought into it. And so you'd wonder, well, what took so long? And he had a really good answer. And so we'll, we'll get to Darnell Nurse a little bit later on in the show. We're also going to hear from uh, Vincent DeHarnay. Did you see Big Vin Diesel almost bury one in his hometown in Montreal? <laughs> he said, oh, my God, my eyes, they were saucers. I thought I was going to score. And then uh, he didn't have it. But uh, even Vincent DeArnay, like he had a good chance in Detroit. He's had a good chance in Montreal for a defensive-minded defenseman. The uh, the Paul Coffey effect of wanting to make plays at the right time, but, you know, always be encouraged by Coffey to make plays. You're, you're starting to see it even from a very defensive-minded defenseman in Vincent DeArnay who admits it goes, hey, man, I'm not. it's not like I'm an offensive-minded guy. It's not my thing. But. You're in the NHL. You can't just be a defensive-minded player anymore. It doesn't work. Even if you're an offensive player, now, you can be great offensively, but if you're just a liability defensively, eventually it's not going to happen. You're not going to play that much. So it works both ways in today's NHL. They, you know, There's elite offensive guys who got to have a pulse defensively and vice versa for the defensive guys. So we'll hear from uh, McMahon on the show today, uh, DeHarnay, a uh, nurse, also the general manager of... The Toronto Maple Leafs. Mr. Brad Treleman will uh, join us. The uh, the Maple Leafs, hey, they're in a dogfight right now in the uh, playoff race uh, in the East, just like the Edmonton Orders are in the West. So makes for uh, makes for a good game for both teams. You look at the, uh, the wild card race now. Toronto's in third in their uh, division, but Detroit and Tampa Bay are each only uh, one point behind them. Now, Toronto has games in hand on both of them. But still, it's a it's a tight race. Meanwhile, the Orders currently holding down the final wild card spot. Uh, they're three back of L.A. in the division with a game in hand, and uh, they're eight back of Vegas with five games in hand on Vegas. And Vegas just announced today that Jack Eichel had successful lower body surgery and uh, will be out a few weeks. Now, will he be ready to return when the Orders play Vegas on February sixth? We'll find out. That's uh, basically three weeks from today is when uh, those two teams will uh, return to action after the All-Star break. Oilers, of course, have six games 
Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday next week. And then uh, they are off. Some of them will uh, jettison off to uh, to different places for their, uh, their break. Some are just going home. Some are going to a hot place. It all depends. Uh, either way, the orders are looking to uh, continue the role that they are on right now and uh, and extend it. The uh, lineups tonight, of course, uh, Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, Hyman, Kane, Drysaddle, and Fogel, Yanmark, McLeod, Ryan, Ernie, Hamlin, and Brown. And before you freak out, Sam Gagne is still not ready to go. They're not healthy scratching him. He's not ready to go. Just thought we'd point that out before everybody loses their mind uh, on the text line or social media. Uh, on defense, Nurse Cece, Ekholm Bouchard, Kulak and DeHarnay, and Stuart Skinner gets the start in goal for Toronto. Uh, third straight game, they've mixed up the lines trying to, trying to find some consistency as Sheldon Keefe. Some in Toronto thinking, ooh, is the key, is the coach a little nervous? Who knows? But, uh, Holmberg will play with Matthews and Marner. They're back together. Tavares will center Nylander and Matthew Nyes. Uh, Domi between Yarncroft and Bertuzzi and, uh, Camp will center, uh, Gregor and McMahon. Riley and Brody, Benoit and McCabe, and Giordano and Timothy Lilligren on the back end. Martin Jones gets the start in goal tonight for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. The one thing about the Leafs, um, when they do give up goals, they've done it a lot. Uh, they've eight times this, or sorry, 19 times this year, they've allowed four or more goals in a game. That's uh, eighth most in the NHL. If you're curious about the orders, they've only done it 13 times, seventh fewest. And, um, seven, uh, what did it, uh, in their first 12 games, they did it seven times. So only, uh, five times, six times since. So, uh, they've been a lot better at, uh, having the games where you, uh, you give up a lot of goals. We'll see how it goes tonight. I'm looking forward to this game. Obviously on a personal note, it's always good to see the nephew play in, uh, in person, but you know, you got the NHL's best player against the NHL's best goal scorer. It's a good matchup. And that's what it is. McDavid's the best player in the game. Matthews is the best goal scorer in the game. And right now, Nathan McKinnon is the uh, the halfway point leader for the Hart Trophy. All three things can happen at once. Right? Matthews is the best goal scorer. I don't really think you can argue that. And McDavid's the best player. I don't think you can argue that. I really like Nathan McKinnon, but just look at the resume. It's not the same. And uh, McDavid, just like Matthews, both of them, are, uh, have, have wanted to improve their defensive game. I actually think both players probably get overlooked on their defensive play. I understand, and I think it's one where, you know, they look, ah, can you be elite offensively and defensively? No. It's historically people are like, oh, no, you can't vote for that guy. And now, hey, Patrice Bergeron was dynamic defensively. There's no debating that. But you look at the season... Uh, you know, Matthews is having defensively. Mick Davids having defensively. Now, Barkoff's obviously very good. Sidney Crosby is very good. I get his age and everybody's in love with that too. And that's, that's fine. But Matthews and McDavid, I think, are better defensively than they get credit for. It doesn't get talked about as much because their offensive game is so good as it should be. If I'm going to the game tonight, I'm not watching for great defensive plays from either one. I'm looking for the offensive plays first. That's just how it is. It's more exciting. Doesn't mean I don't respect the great defensive plays, but I think their uh, bread and butter comes from the uh, the defensive side. Uh, no question in my mind. So, um, but I, I do think at times uh, both guys maybe get a little bit uh, overlooked for their uh, defensive plays. They both improved now. As most young guys, Sidney Crosby now wasn't uh, is is better defensively than he was early in his career, right? Because guess what, his bread and butter was offense, as it should be. 
Now, the Oilers team is much better right now than uh, defensively than they have been in a long time. It's been very consistent, and uh, they need to uh, they need to keep it. Hey, guys, uh, no traveling. These are newfies working in the old patch to take over these games. Well, there's a few newfies there, but there's just there's lots of people that are uh, that are Maple Leafs fans that live in Edmonton or from surrounding area. I get it. I don't have a problem with it. It's an organization that's been around a long time. I will say this. I think the order crowd the last few years, there are people that say, you know what? I think I'm just going to go to the game and support my team rather than you know sell my tickets to a Leaf fan. I can respect that. Yeah, you can gouge them a little bit and make a little bit extra, sure. But I found a lot of order fans like, you know what? I'd rather just go to the game. and uh, Because A, both teams are good now. Right? Like, think about it. You get to see Austin Matthews, a pretty good player. Right? When Nathan McKinnon comes to town, buy the season ticket holder, well, which I am, but that's a guy you want to see. Like, there's certain guys around the league, I don't care who they play for, I want to see them live. And Matthews is one without question. Right? Like, order fans are spoiled. You get to see two of them on a nightly basis in McDavid and Drysaddle. But trust me, fans in other markets, when those guys come to town, they're like, hey, McDavid and Drysaddle, yeah, the orders are good, but I want to see McDavid and Drysaddle. Makes sense. A lot of sense. Uh, on the show today, we got a loaded lineup for you, Brad. Tree Lemon will be by. Uh, Sean Brown, of course, uh, our regular Tuesday co-host. Dave McCarthy from Sirius XM will uh, join us. We'll have Strutty, Mark Spector, Derek Van Deest, Darnell Nurse. Also, uh, we'll hear from uh, Vinny DeHarnay as well as uh, Bobby McMahon. So uh, lots and lots on the show. Your texts, 833-401-1440 is the, uh, the text line. They're uh, flying in very well. Uh, guys, I think Drysaddle is the uh, best passer, but McDavid's the best playmaker. What? Whaler, you're really making me think here. What's the difference between a playmaker and a passer? You have to you have to uh, go deeper on that definition. You've made me stop and pause, so now I'm curious. What are you defining as difference? Hey guys, I think it says something when players keep talking about uh, not trying to force plays and just stick with it because I found once Wordcroft would mix up lines, sometimes five minutes a game, that just signifies they should panic and not stick with it. Ontario Molms. Uh, I, I, hey, every coach has, has different strengths and weaknesses for sure. And, and I do think that Chris Knobloch, he kind of has a game plan and he'll stick with it. And we've seen now, and obviously when you're winning games, like when you're not trailing, it's easier as the orders, you know what? Well, I shouldn't say they haven't trailed because we've seen them behind in Detroit, but they've been out scoring the team, out chancing the team. So eventually you feel like it's going to go in. And that's what happened. But the thing I really respect about Knobloch is he sets up parameter. This is how I want to play. And guess what? We're going to play that way. Certain guys are penalty killers. Certain guys are power play guys. Certain guys come out right after the penalty kill. We know who they are. And it's worked. I think it's good. You're giving a little bit more responsibility to players. And it's been successful. Now it helps that the, you know, the team's playing better overall. But I honestly don't, even when they were winning a lot of games last year, there were still nights where they would be a little leaky defensively. We haven't seen that. That's been the one change for me. It seems like the light bulb has went off and they've figured it out. And they now, to their credit, it started at the end of last season in their season-ending interviews. Ekholm said it, many of the other players. And Ekholm was the one who I thought outlined it the best. We need to get comfortable spending 20 and 30 seconds in our own zone and not panicking, not running around like a chicken with his head cut off. 
and be comfortable with the one goal lead that we don't have to always get the next goal. And we've seen that, especially lately. Like, look at the orders. In this 10-game winning streak, they've had five wins where they've scored three or fewer goals. They haven't relied on their power play to bail them out. They haven't relied, oh, we got to win 5-4. Oh, we got to win 4-3. Half their games are three goals or less. It's a good sign. Really good sign for the Edmonton Oilers. Hey, guys, sounds like Vegas up to their old tricks again. Eichel out till just before the playoffs. BS. So, Dave, you don't think he had surgery today? You think they made up a surgery for Jack Eichel? Come on, Dave. He needed surgery. That's what do you want? Not have surgery? Uh, I also didn't see that it said to be out weeks. Didn't say how many weeks. Might only be five weeks. But I don't think uh, this is. Vegas would rather have Jack Eichel in the lineup. Make no mistake about it. 220 on game day on Sports 1440. Oilers Nation YouTube. I'm Jason Greger. He is Connor Halley. And of course, the uh, Oilers are taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. Uh, we are coming to you live from the E Well Studio, E W E L dot C A, your local electrical distributor for uh, all your electrical needs. Think E Well, E W E L dot C A. And I know Dave and the gang down there, uh, like many of you, huge order fans, pretty fired up for uh, tonight's game. Uh, I would expect a, a really loud crowd. A, the orders have won 10 in a row, so the order fans are going to be fired up. Well, you better be fired up. Like my, How can you not be excited? It's never happened in franchise history. This should be one of those games where the crowd, there's a little bit more of a buzz before the game even starts. There's only one anthem. Uh, you've got Leaf fans in there, so they'll be buzzing a little bit. This uh, this is one of those games, I think, for a fan. It's more, I you know what? It'll be fun for me. I'm sitting in the crowd. I I don't know if I've ever sat in the crowd in an in Edmonton-Toronto game, to be completely honest. So I don't think so. Usually I'm up in the presser, so it'll uh, it'll be nice. Uh, looking forward to it. So, Hey, guys, why isn't Gagne playing? He's hurt. Okay, he's still not cleared to play. It's just, it's that simple. It's not that the coach doesn't like him. It's not that the coach is uh, like, hey, man, look at Gagne's numbers. Let's keep him out of the lineup. We're winning. No. Sam Gagne, um, ever since taking the uh, stick in the face, he's uh, not ready to go. Uh, it's time now for our big guest of the day, brought to you by the Hockey Super League, a premier hockey solution with a clear path for long-term development, offering borderless hockey, including provincial and cross-province competition. Check out HockeySuperLeague.ca for more information. As uh, our guest today, of course, uh, we've had him on the show many times in the past. Uh, before, in the past, of course, it was always as the uh, general manager of the Calgary Flames. But uh, today, for the first time, he joins us as the uh, general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Brad Trelewin, uh joins again. Brad, welcome back to the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, Jason. How are you? Hey, it's great. Uh, I don't see you around the rink as often because obviously when you're in Calgary, you were here a, a few more times. So how is, uh, how is, how's the change gone, uh, you know, from one Canadian market just to a little bit bigger of a Canadian market for you? Well, I, the, the cold weather hit me a little harder. I wasn't quite used to that. No, it's been good. It's been, uh, uh, really enjoyed my time in Calgary, obviously, and uh, I really enjoyed the time in Toronto. Uh, it's a it's a unique uh, it's a unique position. It's a unique team. Um, fortunate enough to be 
working with a lot of really, really good, talented people. Um, so I've really, I've really enjoyed it. It's been a, you feel like you're on the treadmill a lot, trying to find your bearings, uh, starting out, but, uh, no, it's been, it's been really enjoyable. You, you know, and it's not always the case where a, a GM gets to take over a competitive team, right? Uh, Toronto, lots of times changes are made uh, sometimes on the teams near the bottom of the standings and guys take over and they're like, okay, we're in this year three of a rebuild and it's going to be a while. Uh, you came in and you mentioned you're running on the treadmill because, you know, there is high expectations, I think, within the organization and obviously in a massive fan base as well. Uh, c- can you maybe explain the difference? And because you have experience now, is it a lot easier to come and kind of, you know, having to jump on the treadmill as it's moving for a team that feels like, hey, we're in a window to win? Yeah, it's a really good point, Jason. And no question, there's, you know, it's, it's, and, and I meant, that's what I sort of meant by it's a unique situation in Toronto. It's, it's been a really good team for a long time. And certainly there's high expectations. You've got some elite level talent. Um, and, and like I said, it's been a good team for a long time. So there's expectations, um, you know, that they're in their window right now. And so it, it certainly is, is unique that way because you're right. A lot of times when you, you come into a job, you're maybe starting, uh, your development curve is maybe at a different spot. And, um, you know, this team is, has got high aspirations right now. And uh, so certainly it makes it exciting. You know, the challenge and the expectation in front of you. Um, and, you know, you, you know the league and, you know, you know it, it, certainly coming into a market like Toronto, um, I'm glad that I've had the experiences prior to, to, to going there. Um but no, no, no question. You know, it's very clear that the, the challenge that's in front of you, um, and there's a lot of good teams. You know, uh, and we're, we think we're in that group of teams that certainly has high expectations, and uh, so it, it changes the job description a little bit. And uh, we're trying to do our, you know, do our best to figure out ways that we can improve the team, and, and uh, as we head down the stretch here. Brad Dreeland, GM of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, joins us. Brad, at the start of the year, most people would say, hey, everybody knows the offense they have in Toronto. And, you know, Toronto and Edmonton mirrored in, in certain ways as far as, you know, everybody knows they have the top-end talent. They need to be better team defensively. And it's not just defensemen, but, you know, having better defensemen definitely helps your team. I don't, I don't care who you are, you know. And in today's NHL, usually a few bigger defensemen uh, clearly help if you want to go deep into the playoffs. Uh, you ran into some injury issues, and sometimes – you know what? There's a few surprises when injuries occur. Uh, I know you guys went out and you signed Benoit as a free agent. I'm not sure what the expectations were, but is it safe to say like he's really exceeded them and maybe you know given you more than you expected that you had in a player and, and is now a, a position that that maybe looks more solidified than you thought prior when the season began? I think that's probably a fair statement, Jason. Um, you know, I got a chance to see. Benoit the last little bit or the last couple of years in, in Anaheim and even really coming up through the system there in, in San Diego and you know I mean that team was going you know they were they were going through a rebuild and, and, and injecting a lot of younger players in, into the lineup and you know Simon played a lot for them um, you know especially last year and and you're, you're you know you're very intrigued with him um, he's, he's a big big body he moves really well um, you know, you're trying to figure out where he could where he could ultimately fit. And the one thing with Simon, he's come in, and you know, he's a, just an elite teammate. You know, he's he's he comes to work every day, wants to get better. 
you know, he's still a young guy, um, quite frankly. Um, he's, you know, he's just sort of cutting his teeth at the NHL level. Um, I think he's 25 years old now. Um, but he's big, he's rangy, he's, he fits that description of a, what I think you need to have success in the league in terms of you need, I'm a big believer that you need size on the back end and length. Um, and he has that. And I, I've seen him take steps even during, you know, throughout the year here. Is, is, you know, he got injured in camp, um, so he really, he really didn't participate really until the end of camp. Um, and we had a lot, number of guys there. He, he, he went down to the to Marley's, and then we, as you said, we were hit with a, a lot of injuries. And uh, you never like to go through that, but it opens up opportunities for people. And, and he's grabbed it. I mean, he's the first guy on working with our development people every day. You can see his, you know, he's improved. And, you know, he's a real character guy. He's a shot blocker. You know, he's sort of, he plays in the mud, you know, in those, in those hard areas. He's a guy that, you know, he's a hard guy to play against around his own net. Um, so he's been, you know, we, we, the size package, the length, um, you know, we were hopeful that, you know, there was something there to work with and credit goes to him and, and coaches for continuing to work with him. And, and, you know, we're seeing him become a, a better player in front of, in front of our eyes. So, uh, yeah, certainly been real happy with the steps that, that Benny's taken. Brad Dreeleman joins us, GM of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Brad, I- you know, the, the goalie position from year to year is very hard. We, we've seen good goalies ha- have a, for what reason, one year they're having a 920 save percentage, the next year it's 899, and it's the same goalie. And then it goes back to 915. It's, it's really hard for, from year to year for some goalies, it seems. And, and maybe it's the team in front of them plays a role, I would think, for sure. Uh, you send uh, Ilya Samson off to the minors, not so much to play games, but just, uh, you know, a little bit of a mental break. Uh, he came back. I thought he played quite well uh, in his first game back uh, against Detroit uh, here this uh, in that loss, uh, uh, three to the heel, they allowed the three goals. But you know, how much of that position do you find is is the the mental part of it? And does there have to be as much technical coaching as just really ensuring that the organization is on and you know helping the guys with the mental focus when when maybe their game starts to to go down the path they don't want? Yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. It's it's there's there's a lot of turbulence at the position, right? You you know, there's probably three or four that you can write in stone every year that are top goalies. And then there's just lots of fluctuation and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the most difficult position to play. Um, and I think there is, you know, there's certainly something in front of, um, there's something to how you play in front of the goaltender, right? There's, there's, you know, the, obviously it goes without saying the, the, the less you're giving up, the less high quality you're giving up, the better you check, you know, you're giving your goaltender a better chance to have success. Um, but even even in that, you see guys go through some, you know, some some highs and lows. And um, you, you really have to dig in. And we've got, you know, we've got a, an extensive goaltender department here that you're trying to figure out, okay, who's, you know, how, how do you level it out and try not to have as much um, disparity from year to year. And, and you know, Sammy, I give him a lot of credit. He had a, a real good year for the for the team last year. Um, he came into camp. Um, really, you probably would say he was he was the incumbent starter. Um, Joe Wall, young goaltender who, who got some time last year with the team, was, was an accomplished American League goalie. Um, actually, got into a couple of playoff games last year. 
you know, Joe had a great start. He had a, a really good start. And unfortunately, uh, first part of December sustained an injury. And, and it's it, it was just a tough go for, for, for Ilya. You know, he was sometimes when you get on those good rolls, it feels like you're, you know, you're, the puck looks big and, and everything's hitting you. And sometimes when it goes the other way, you know, you can get on that downwards spiral and, it, and, and the snowball just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And so, you know, our thought with him was just to give him a little, a little mental break. And, you know, I think it's compounded sometimes when you're in a, in a, in a Canadian market or a bigger market where there's, there's, there's obviously so much attention to the position to begin with, even more so in those, in those markets. So ours was, you know, certainly there were some areas that we felt technically we could, we could, we could clean up. But it was trying to give him a mental reset, and you know, working with um, you know team psychologists and working just just letting them get a little air out of the balloon, quite frankly, for for a period of time, and and he did that. He took about a ten day break, um, put the work in, and and I would agree with you. I thought Ilya had a real strong start um, on Sunday, and we're hopeful that now you know that's the start of of, of rebuilding his game and and getting him back to where we know he's capable of, of going. But I, I think the mental part of that position is is so critical. Um, certainly you need the athleticism, you need the physical package, you need the, the technical part. That's That goes without saying in any position, but this game is so much mental um, and you can get on that, you know, you can get on that wheel um, where, you know, when things are going bad, you're trying to, you're trying to, you know, stop, the mental part of it of, of, of digging the hole deeper. And so that was really the, the thought process behind it. You know, time will tell, but we really tried to see if we could, you know, stop that cycle, um, you know, mentally for them of, 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 of digging, a, a, you know, the negativity and just try to reset and uh, kind of restart his season for them. And uh, cause you know, there's a good goaltender there. And uh, you know, we, we, like I said, Joe's, Joe's on the path to recovery here, hopefully, and uh, and Marty Jones has come in and really, you know, stabilized us here over the last month, six weeks. So um, we're hopeful that uh, you know Sunday was a good stepping stone for Ilya getting back to the level we know he can he can play at. And how close is Wall for you? I know he's on the road trip. Uh, how much yeah. longer do you think till he's eligible to play? I, I I'm not trying to be cute with it, Jason. I don't know. I think he's he's certainly. You know, there's been no touch. Uh, touch. What as they say? There's been no setbacks. He's, he's. You know, he's on, he's on the ice now, and he's slowly progressing in terms of the goal. There's one thing of being on the ice, and then yeah. you get into, you know, stopping for pucks. But then once you get into up and downs and all the all the types of things you have to do with a goaltender, uh, uh, you know, we our, our tentative plan was looking at, you know, hopefully shortly after the All Star break, we'll see. We'll probably get through this road trip where he's on the trip. He's not going to play on the trip, but he's getting, you know, he's getting his work in with Curtis Sanford on the trip, and and you know probably regroup once we're done the trip and kind of see. But I, I think it's trending, trending to, you know, hopefully post All Star break. Brad Trelevin joins us. Uh, speaking of the All Star break, Brad, uh, you know the trade deadline is March eighth this season, and you know there's Toronto. I think it's clear you're a team that's going to want to make some moves and additions, like a lot of the other teams out there. Um, ha- have those kind of 
tire kicking conversations happened already? Do you expect it maybe, you know, after the All-Star break, during the All-Star break? Because we kind of got about 10 days before, and then most teams will have either 9 to 13 days off, depending on how their schedule uh, rolls out, uh, either late January or early into uh, to February, and every team's a little bit different. But, you know, kind of based on past years being a GM, when do you think it really starts to get serious? Like, does it really heat up uh, a month before? Uh, and do you think there's a benefit to pulling the trigger on trade sooner so guys have longer time to acclimatize themselves within your organization? Well, I would always say for my, as a rule of thumb, if you're, if you're going into the market, the, the sooner the better. Um, you know, people, people always, I know it gets a lot of, you know, it gets a lot of play and a lot of public play and media play in terms of the deadline of go and go get this player, go get that player. But there is, there is a human element of just trying to, you know, assimilate people into, you know, not only the team environment, but just, you know, you've got families and, and it, it, it can be chaotic. And so the more time that you have to get a player, you know, comfortable within the team surroundings, where he fits, um, as well as the other people within your team. So you bring a guy in or you bring, you know, a player in, you know, that he's got to adjust, but that that's the other people that are already on your team that may be getting a different role or, or get put in a different spot because you've added a player, they need time to adjust. So as a rule of thumb, yeah, you'd always like to be, you know, ahead of the, ahead of the curve or, or earlier than later. But, you know, the cap dictates a lot of things. You see a lot of teams now that are so close to the cap that, you know, the finances play such a, a big part of it. And you're, you know, you got teams with limited cap space. You're trying to eat as much or eat as much of the salary as you can the later it goes. Um, you got a lot of teams in LTI where ultimately the, you know, the, the days don't matter. You know, those players that are in LTI are coming in at face value, whether it's, you know, whenever, it doesn't matter really when you acquire them. Um, so I think it, you know, probably to answer the question, I think those conversations are always happening. You're having, you know, you're, you're always, you're always talking with your, with your manager group of, of trying to get a sense of where everybody's at and what their plans are and, and what they may be doing. And you're sharing sort of what your thoughts are or what you're trying to do and, and then trying to find fits at the end of the day, you're trying to find, you know, a, which players are available, B what the cost is and, and does it make sense for you? And, and ultimately, you know, can you fit, how do you fit things in salary wise? So I think, you know, historically you're going to see, you're going to see trades ahead of the deadline. You're going to see activity leading up to the deadline. And, and as history has told us, you're going to see deals on the deadline. So I think, I think, you know, for the most part, teams are engaged in a lot of discussions. Now you'll find teams over the course of the next week or so are traditionally holding their, their pro scouting meetings um, to try to finalize sort of directions. But the way that standings are, you know, you've got lots of teams that are in it. There's not like, you know, the, the clear sellers maybe aren't as identified. So as, as things go on and you get closer to the deadline, teams make decisions of whether they're, you know, whether they're looking to, to add or whether they're looking to, you know, reboot for, for, for the future. So never really, never really, you know, there's no hard and fast line, but I think you see activity pick up as we get, as we get through the all-star break. Right. I'd like to ask you a non, a non question about your team, but, um, the offside review, I think when it came in, it was like, hey, they want to eliminate the Matt Duchesne's one that were blatantly obvious. Um, yeah. 
has the has the point of the offside has it gone too far? Can there be like maybe a little bit of a reset? I don't know if it's a time limit on it or just say, hey, let's just use slow motion. If it isn't obvious, you have to go frame by frame, which the human eye can't catch anyway. Is that really the purpose of the rule? What, what's your thoughts on the offside reviews? That's a good question. It's always a good debate. I mean, at the end of the day, it's something we talked about. You're right. When 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 review came in. You're trying, you know, the, the reason for the review at the end of the day was the egregious play, right? The egregious play that, you know, and it happens. You're dealing with, you know, mistakes happen. So things are moving fast. And you're trying to eliminate those egregious, you know, plays that for whatever reason an, an official missed. The, the difficulty, and we talked a lot about it, is, you know, if you're bringing it in, yeah, you, the purpose is to, to eliminate the egregious one, but you you, you've got to look at all of them, and there's going to be ones that that are because those used the Matt Duchesne, those don't happen very often. Those are once every exactly you know, five years, ten years. I don't know if we've had one like that since. Um, so you know, it's 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 always that problem. Be careful what you wish for, because the more and it's and it, it you know we talked about it a lot, and it's proven out to be that way. As much as you want to eliminate, we'll call it the Duchesne play. More often than not, you're going to have 99% of them that are that are very very close. And um, I think we would all agree, you know, when you get in a situation. And I I was watching the, the Edmonton game when it happened. When you were sitting there for it seemed like for a long long time to determine whether it was you know you're talking fractions of millimeters. Um, I get it. At the end, they were trying to get it right. Um, it's maybe something we have to revisit, but it's a, it's a hard one because once you put it in and the, the, the object is to get it right, some of these are, are real, real close and they're real tight calls. And, you know, the, uh, the, 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 what you're trying to do is, is get it right. And I know the, the officials and, and uh, you know, the situation room spends a lot of time dissecting and finding out exactly if it was onside or offside. Um, so it can be frustrating, but I don't know what the answer is to it. Um, but I certainly think it'll probably be something that's we talk about video review all the time, and uh, it may be something that we talk about again in March. Okay, and one last one. As the GM, you know, we've seen your your Sheldon Keefe has, has switched the line combinations here for the last few games, and that'll happen from time to time. I don't think it's a big deal. But when you're approaching the trade deadline. Brad, you have your your team of pro scouts who are seeing the other guys a lot more. Obviously, you, you get your coach's input, but how much conversation goes into say, okay, hey, I want to bring in, I'll just use a right winger, just say, you know, uh, Brad, the right winger, and I, you know, I view him as here. How in depth do you have the conversation with the coach to share? Okay, like, do you see him being used there? How, how much of that goes on leading up to the trade deadline, and in where or what type of player that you know you'd want to use? Because sometimes, if you view a guy the way a player a certain way, but if the coach doesn't, it might not work out. Well, I think you got to have alignment for sure with your coaching staff, and ultimately, your you know management and your pro scouts or their job is to you know know the league and and have an opinion on what a player is number one, and then number two, how his skill set would fit with your team and where he would fit. You know, what type of player is he? What What is his strengths? You know, is he being overutilized, underutilized in a certain situation, but he comes in and fills a specific role for us that improves your team ultimately. But you can't necessarily have that full picture without 
input from the coach because ultimately the coach makes the decision. You know, and, and I think in our team, and I, I think for the majority of the teams, at the end of the day, the coach decides who plays with who. You talk about it all the time, but you've got to allow your coach the ability to, you know, deploy the players as he sees fit. Now, you're always going to have discussions about it, but I think especially when you're talking about and it might not be a specific player. I think I've always done when you get down the road and you're you're focused in on player X, Jason the winger. Yeah. I would always have a conversation with our coach saying, Okay, here's here's his player, he's available, here's how we see him fit how how do you see him fitting in? Um and I think you just you have to do that. It doesn't make a lot of sense to bring a player in and the coach is sort of saying, Well, I don't I don't know where this guy sits. So I think those those discussions are ongoing. You know, I, I include the coach a little bit more early on, not necessarily on specific players, but maybe needs, you know, a, a type of player, a profile. We need somebody on a who's a penalty killer. We need somebody to play, you know, in a certain role. We need a defenseman that, you know, can kill penalties or, you know, a right side, a righty versus a lefty. So you, you talk more profile, and then when you you determine – the type of player you need and you get into specific names, then you may engage the coach a little bit more to see how this, not only the certain player would fit into your roster, but how does that affect the rest of the group and where do other people go that may be, you know, currently doing that job. And, uh, but I think those, those, that, that type of communication, those conversations are always ongoing. Brad, uh, as always, we really appreciate your time. Uh, continued success uh, and, and best of luck the, uh, the rest of the way. See you at the rink. All right. Good to talk to you, Jason. Thanks very much. You betcha. That's uh, Brad Treleman, the uh, general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, you know, I think it's key because if, if a coach doesn't view the guy the same way, and that's happened before, make no mistake. Right? It's happened before. Uh, I think at the deadline, when you're a team that's competitive, it's it's got to be crystal clear on, hey, like, yeah, we view this guy in this role, but are you going to use him in that role? And, you know, that's going to be the uh, the challenge for some. Like, you, you might, hey, well, do I think this guy can kill penalties? Yeah, but I really like the guys we have killing penalties right now. So how does that play out? 246, we'll come back. Uh, we're going to hear for some guys getting set to play tonight, the Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. That was our big guest today, brought to you by the Hockey Super League. It's the Gregor Show, Sports 1440, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, live on Orders Nation YouTube. 250, game day on Sports 1440, Orders Nation YouTube. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley, with you, Sean Brown, will join us after uh, 3 o'clock. Uh, we're also going to hear from uh, Darnell Nurse a little bit later. A really good conversation with the uh, veteran defender for the Edmonton Orders. Just kind of asked him, what, what does he see? As a guy who's been here, he's kind of seen the growth of the team. What has finally clicked for this team to be as consistent defensively as they have been? You, and every, you can look at every underlying number. High, pers- high danger chances, slot shots, all that. It's all reduced and it's stayed low. They haven't really had like a big blow up game. Now- Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Eventually that's going to happen. There's going to be a night where the orders give up five goals here. It's coming at some point. I don't know when. It just will. Right, like look at the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets' first four games of the year, they allowed at least four goals. They allowed five in all of them, except one. They allowed four. In the thirty-eight games since, they've only allowed one game with more than four goals, more than three goals. That's it. So, you know, when you get on a run offensively or defensively, and you know, when Nurse talks kind of about everybody talks about offensive confidence, but he thinks his team finally has defensive confidence, which is. Rather important. Um, let's go uh, in the room. Brought to you by uh, Next Gen Transportation, heavy all transport provider, one hundred percent locally owned and operated, and uh, proud to support uh, Devo McEwen as he uh, chases a dream of getting to the Olympics. Of course, on the uh, Olympic bobsleigh team. So uh, good luck for him as the uh, world uh, the, the World Cup tour. Uh, he'll be getting going here uh, later this month. Should be awesome. We're actually going to talk to uh, Devo. I think in February after he's had a few uh, tracks to race down. Should be awesome. Uh, Vincent DeHarnay. The old adage, he knows a thing or two about winning. Funny enough, the orders are on a 10-game winning streak. This is not the longest winning streak that Vincent DeHarnay has been a part of. Uh, yeah, in college, we went 15-0-1, I think, to start a season my first year, freshman year. So was there a 10-game winning streak in there? Yeah, yeah I think we went thir- 13 in a row. I think we lost in overtime, and then uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty fun. Started this year, all the veterans, everybody talked about, we need to be better defensively. What have you seen? What's led to this consistent, solid defensive play? Um, I think we've built, and I've mentioned that uh, quite a bit in different interviews, about our confidence, not just our confidence offensively, Defensively, but I think our confidence defensively. Um, I think we trust our goalies. Uh, that's that's a big thing. That's so important. Like, you, you need to trust your goalies. Um, so that's the first thing. I think we're we're block, we're trusting each other that we're blocking more shots. So I'm trusting the forwards that they're going to block more shots on the PK. We're trusting them too, um, as if maybe we were cheating a little bit more um, because we, we didn't have that trust, that that confidence in in each other. Um, so I think that it's just it's just piece by piece that we were kind of building it and I think that within the last 10 games I think we've been seeing such a big improvement in that area that our conference is building and building and that that shows in the offensive zone too because now we can be down by one or up by two and we're confident that we're going to win the game because we, we trust our offensive uh, abilities but we, we also know that we won't give up more than one or two. 
So you've had this feeling before in college, and you can think about, I don't even know if you can remember it, but the feeling you have today compared to the feeling you would have had on November 10th when you guys were 2-9-1. and one. Like, it's it's so massively different, and you've talked a lot about confidence over the last uh, two months. For a team that's won a lot of games, though, but it's kind of amazing how it can go, you know, it can disappear, and it's really hard to get it back. And I don't think this is just a 10-game heater. Obviously, you have 21, what is it, 21 and 6 in your last 27 or ever. Like, it's it's being, it feels like it's sustainable. Is, is that a fair word to describe your team? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, I do think it's it's sustainable. Obviously, uh, sometimes you have ups and downs throughout a season or start of the season was not what we wanted. But if you look at other teams right now that had good starts, some teams right now are struggling and other teams are going to struggle in the second half of the season. And um, that's kind of the NHL, you know, it's just, it's so many ups and downs because the season is so long. Um, so the biggest thing I think is for us is to be consistent with it and, and I think things like blocking shots and, and being um, trusting each other and, and, and uh, being hard defensively those are all things that you can control and obviously some, some games some, some stuff you, you can't control and uh, some games won't go as well but um, I think if we just stay uh, if we just keep doing whatever we're doing that works and, and that's trusting each other that's blocking shots that's playing hard in our D zone and the rest is going to take care of itself and um, we might not win we're not, we might not win the next 40, but at least we're going to battle in, in each of them. Uh, you're in your hometown in Montreal, obviously a big thrill. And uh, Vincent Dehnhardt had a really good scoring chance. And, and what went through your mind in that one? Uh, not a whole lot. <laughs> I got I, I got so excited, and at the same day, like I had half a second of excitement, and then and then when he saved it, I was just so disappointed in myself. It was such a great chance, great pass by by Leo, and I just yeah, I was to get that chance first shift, start the game, get that. It was uh, it was awesome. I would have loved to, to to put it in. You've talked a lot about how you wanted to become more than just a defensive guy and you've kind of joked that Paul Coffey's on hey make more plays I saw you jump up early in that game are you feeling that that's the next step in the uh, evolution of Vincent Dejane yeah I, I, I believe that I have the the, the IQ to, to see plays I just got to trust myself by by making them and um, I think Detroit I had a couple good chances too Connor found me uh, back door you know to, I, I'm, I think I'm getting closer to I just got to work on my finish but uh, um, I think I'm seeing seeing the plays and getting more confident. I just got to keep uh, keep doing it on a on a daily basis. Do you, as a defensive guy, are you spending more time in practice working on your finish and your offensive skills? Uh, I always try to spend a few minutes at the end of practice, just kind of doing by myself, and I just I'll just look at the net and just trying to be like, okay, this is my spot, like this is where I want I want to be able to hit on a consistent basis, and um, I think by just doing that, I'm just creating confidence in myself, and uh, it's never something I really had uh, being confident offensively, but I think it's something that uh, deep inside of me I can work on. I can I can definitely improve. You know, you look at Vincent DeHarnay, he's a player. Every time you talk to him, he just feels like, hey, now this is another area of my game I want to improve, and this is another area of my game I want to improve. And I think he is a player who, you know, he's a UFA at the end of the season. If I was the Edmonton Orders, I'd be looking at locking up uh, Vincent DeHarnay. I don't think he's going to lock up to a long-term deal because he wouldn't get enough to do it. So, you know, probably a two-year deal at, I don't know, 1.4 1.4 to 1.6 million. And, you know, I could see something like, now maybe that might even be too high, right? Maybe it's, it's 
two to one point four, whatever it is. I think Vincent DeHarnay still has lots of growth in his game. And so when I'm signing players like that, I feel there's a really good chance that they are going to give me better value on the contract. Like, like there are certain players when you sign them their deal, you're like, okay, you know what? He'll give me fair value, but it's really difficult to ever get any kind of juice out of it. Now, you pay a guy $10 million and he gives you $10 million in good value, guess what? It's a really good contract because it's harder to live up to those deals. Right. I, you know, I'll admit, I, I love the Cinderella stories. I love kind of the unexpected players like that. And, you know, Vincent DeHarnay is just like, he's somebody who, he's always upbeat. He reminds me a lot of Steve McIntyre in a way, except he plays way more minutes than McIntyre ever did. Right. But Vincent DeHarnay is just like, hey, man, you know, he's, he comes in, he's always excited, you know, and he's, and he just, you know, he's, he's like, every time he's, he always says, hey, let's, uh, how's your hair doing? All the time. Like, it's almost annoying in a funny way, but, um, yeah, although, uh, you know, cause his, if you've noticed him, he's grown out his hair. Um, if you saw last year, of course, he had the brush cut, but, uh, Vincent DeHarnay's hair's growing out because he's growing it out for charity, uh, back home in, in his hometown and, uh, has, uh, the whole hair growth and then, uh, they donates the hair to, uh, to the hospital and stuff. And, uh, so if you look and you're, you're seeing it, uh, he's joking it, uh, there's a few little grays popping up. He's not Saravali yet, but, uh, there's a few in there. So, uh, if you're wondering why, uh, the big man has the uh, the quaff this year. That is why. So there you go. Uh, coming up after 3 o'clock, Sean Brown will join us. Uh, we will hear the pride of Wainwright from the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. He's playing his first game for the team. He, uh, you know, he's playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course, but he grew up an Oiler fan. And uh, he's pretty pumped to be playing in front of family and friends tonight. Uh, he remembers, you know, as a kid, his dad taking him some games. Uh, his biggest really said was watching. Uh, now you got to remember, he's you know he's in 1996, so he now maybe 2006 if he was 10, um, you know he would have got. But after that, like you know his teenage years, he's going to games and the orders weren't really good. So you know a lot of it's about the other team. And you know when I asked him in his best memory, uh, I'm curious which player you think he was uh, wowed by. We'll get to that and more after Connor Halley coming up, uh, and then Sean Brown. Will uh, join us here on Sports 1440 and uh, Orders Nation YouTube. Let's get to the uh, update brought to you by Douglas Mattress. Experience their industry-leading risk-free trial. That's 365-night risk-free trial. If you don't like it, you get a full refund, no questions asked. And uh, Douglas donates these mattresses to a local charity. You can uh, get yours now at a great deal, douglas.ca slash Nation. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 